raise a couple more to the revolution. We have only three words for you. Uh-oh. We're taking over. Welcome to another edition of the Q Zero Theater Cast. This is Artistic Director Dan Pelletier serving as your host. Back again, exciting to be here with our Blood Relations Director Brian, uh, who just wrapped up another wonderful uh, almost five hour rehearsal. So, uh, Brian, what did we work on this week in rehearsals and what fun new discoveries have we made about the uh, life and times of Lizzie Borden here? Yeah. Uh, well, first, thanks uh, for having me. Uh, we had a great rehearsal today. We uh, had our intimacy coordinator start us off with, uh, with, uh, with some exercises, uh, you know, kind of in consent, uh, you know, and, uh, and, you know, kind of talking about these characters. And she did a wonderful exercise uh, about uh, putting a barrier between uh, between the characters uh, in doing scenes, and I filmed it from the side. So while, during the scene, the actors could not see the other person they were reacting to. Um, not until afterwards, like uh, when we could show them the video, and it it kind of intensified a lot of the performances. It was really cool to see, uh, and kind of really helped the folks kind of get a little more of a grip on their character, which was just fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, then uh, we um, just. Uh, took a stab at stumbling through uh, through Act 1. Nice, excellent. Uh, and in that, you know, you know, run through, what sort of, uh, you know, as a director, how has that changed your approach? Like, was there anything that went exactly how you thought? Anything that was like, oh, that was different? Or, you know, what discoveries did we make? Yeah, um, there were a couple of changes uh, kind of made along the way, um, as in, like, oh, you know, that previous idea I had doesn't seem to be working as well as I thought it was, so but we change it. Um, but uh, for the most part, everyone uh, is, is, uh, is really kind of still learning a lot of the blocking, uh, and a lot of it's still being honed. Um, but, uh, but yeah, and, like, in terms of, uh, of discoveries, it's, well, I, th- I feel like we're discovering something new kind of like at least every rehearsal or at least every time even I, I read the play. Um, it's kind of one of the, one of the things that makes it so interesting for me. Nice. Uh, love to hear that. So with this play in particular, uh, you know, we, we talked a little bit about challenges, I believe last time, um, you know, and in, you know, as you said today, you were working on creating the barrier between actor and character. With this play in particular, why have you found that to be such an important thing? Um, in large part because of, uh, of most of our concept, because the the there's sort of three levels to it. Normally, it's it's you have the actors, you know, the actual real person's life, and then the character they play. But here we have actors playing actors who are playing characters. Mm. So it's like they've they've got multiple characters, and uh, with and so. At least for for most of them, like uh, there's a couple of ex- key exceptions within there, um, but they're they're playing kind of actors in a troupe, and uh, and from there the, then they're kind of playing through the life of of Lizzie of Lizzie Borden, uh, you know, as as they know it, as the information that she gives them, um, which um, so sort of that differentiation between uh, that that barrier of actor versus their character um, is is kind of like even more important. Hmm. So when, from a, like an acting perspective, with this play within a play type concept, do you, does that change the approach of acting analysis? Like, do you have to analyze your, 
you know, character in the play within a play from your character's perspective and almost have this like extra level, like, uh, has that factored into anything? Oh, absolutely. Like, and that's, you know, this is one of the reasons I wanted to kind of do it in the first place is that, you know, explain with my, um, when, when we had talked about, uh, about the initial concept, um, because yeah, that, that extra, there was sort of, sort of already that level in the play already with our character of the actress, who's actually named that, and that's based on on reality because in in her later years, Lizzie Borden, um, you know, took up the company of a lot of bohemian artistic types like actors, uh, and there's apparently there is a, a couple of of historical um, counterparts to her like, uh, that uh, that we that we believe the actress may be may be based on. So when I'm just kind of taking that a little step further and having all the other characters uh, as well be played by quote unquote actors uh, as well. Um, so and without that, then it's uh, it would really just be all the people from from Lizzie's uh, you know sheer perspective, uh, you know, and the information she's feeding to the actress. But now she it's more act, uh, information she's feeding to multiple people uh, and kind of and how they interpret that information and uh, to then sort of then to then portray how Lizzie Borden did it and it kind of I like that it helps give that that extra level of um, of almost confusion and questioning of did she really do it well we're we're kind of getting it in a way as like third hand information mm. at the moment so um, there's not not a lot not really a, a definitive answer I think in there but uh, the the it's a fascinating question uh, to ask mm. and approach and and how much is subjective reality and subjective truth playing into the decisions you're making is it something that you want every audience member to come away understanding and going, oh, I fully get that what I saw white not was not what happened. Or do you want, is there a level of interpretation that you're hoping that maybe, you know, there'll be arguments in the parking lot after the show about how much of it was uh, fabricated and how much of what we saw was truth? If there were arguments in the parking lot, that would make me so happy. <laughs> oh, God, that would be fantastic. Um, yeah, because there's a lot of opportunities where we're trying to throw in kind of you know, fat historical information in there, um, stuff that's not even necessarily in the script. Um, but, uh, you know, just as sort of like a little Lizzie Borden murder fan um, is, you know, details that I kind of wanted in there. And also for those that uh, that are, you know, were fans of the you know, true crime um, uh, like that. Um, so any kind of little moment where we can sort of put in something that actually was reported to have happened, you know, maybe going by one of the, the court transcripts or I guess some of the other research like that that we've all done. Um, you know, like a little little details like that. A make it a little more realistic, I think, for the audience. And maybe also question, oh, maybe she did do it, or maybe this is reality. Or but then again there's gonna be that level of, oh, but uh, you know, but how much of it was completely fabricated, and was everybody lying? Mm. Um, and that's that that delicious ambiguity. Right. I absolutely love. Hello, Q Zero fans. Q Zero business advisor and performer Jake Ranlett here, interrupting your regularly scheduled podcast to talk about Q Zero sponsorship and membership. As I'm sure you know, theater is really expensive, and we cannot survive on ticket sales alone, which is why we have these two awesome programs that not only allow Q0 to continue to revolutionize the performing arts scene in New Hampshire, but has incredible benefits for you as well. Sponsors get their name and logo in our playbill, 
on our posters, mentioned in our podcasts, listed on our press releases, and so much more. We go out of our way to make sure everyone knows about you and thanks you for helping make Q0 possible. We also have our membership program for individuals who want a little bit more bang for their buck and a lot more Q0 in their lives. We have 10 different levels of membership starting as low as $2 a month. Every level of membership comes with awesome perks, such as early access to the Q0 Theater cast, discounts on tickets and merchandise, exclusive behind-the-scenes video content, the ability to read our new works blog, and so much more. The more you give, the more you get. If you want to be a vital part of the Q0 revolution, head on over to C ztheater.com and click the support CZT link to become a sponsor or a member today. And now back to the podcast. Now, what are you, how are you approaching those contradictions between the text and historical fact you know like with uh assassins uh when i was directing it if there was a contradiction between reality and the text of the show i defaulted to well the text of the show is not necessarily trying to tell the truth so we defaulted to like letting what sondheim and weidman wrote trump reality because it was being done with a purpose but this it seems like you've got a little bit more difference in that so when you do butt up against what Sharon Pollock wrote versus what you've discovered in uh historical research how are you reconciling those things um I'm kind of taking the approaches that if there is a discrepancy and there is quite a lot of discrepancies that it's done for a specific purpose uh and you know as in and uh, it's the the information that that Miss Lizzie Lizzie Borden is kind of giving to these other actors there's if there's a discrepancy, it always seems to come from something that she says. So we're saying, okay, she's doing it for a reason. She's lying for a reason. Uh, and, you know, hopefully, hopefully that reasoning will be, become a little apparent, uh, you know, to, to the audiences as well. Um, but, yeah, that was one of the first things I noticed. And kind of one of the first things that really, again, kind of drew me to it is those discrepancies. And I started thinking... Well, why are there these discrepancies? And assuming that Sharon Pollock did them on purpose, mm. um, and uh, and I think that's uh, you know, kind of going in that direction, um, you know, kind of makes it uh, in makes it even more intriguing. Mm. So it also sounds like there might be multiple. I want to say almost like levels of prior knowledge that someone could come in with this. What do you think is going to be different in the reaction from somebody that comes in knowing? Nothing about Lizzie Borden beyond maybe the nursery rhyme versus somebody that's read multiple books and really knows their uh, his- historical information on it. Yeah. Um, well, for, for the people that, that know, know nothing about it except for maybe the rhyme, um, hopefully they'll learn a few things, such as how the rhyme's supposed to actually go. Um, there, there's a tune to that, uh, to that, that, that was for the most part, lost to history, but is sort of still out there in, in some sources, and we are using that original tune uh, in that, and that was one of the kind of an important detail like for me. Again, one of those historical things that I really wanted to work in there. 
and for the the Lizzie Borden aficionados, um, you know, hopefully they will notice the discrepancies, but also notice that there there is a reason for it, and see that, and maybe even fan out a little bit about that, mm-hmm. and you know, and then maybe see those other little facts that we've thrown into there, and kind of latch onto those, and hopefully everyone will just have a darn good time. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. And, and then are there any pop culture? misconceptions that you feel you've been battling either with the cast or potential audience members like are the, did anyone come in with like oh yeah this is definitely what happened and you have to reconcile that or are you just letting people believe what they want to believe for the most part letting people believe what they want to believe um and, uh, mainly because we never really will know if she did it or didn't you know even the ideas that i have might not be how it actually happened right in fact you know we do again have a theory of how she might have done it um, in there, or like a, certainly in that sort of like a big part in the second act. Um, but I have no idea if that's actually how it had happened. Right. It makes sense to me in some of the research that I've seen, uh, you know, in, in doing my addition of, you know, one plus three plus one, <laughs> I know, equals seven um, in there. But uh, you were certainly certainly missing a few numbers. Yeah. Well, as, uh, certainly. And, um, but uh, yeah, it's, 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 a great experience, uh, even just directing it with this cast there is always so wonderful. And the ideas that people are even bringing into it with their own research, some of it's research I haven't even seen. You know, like a, a Crystal like a, was, was wonderful in that, and she found an entire new theory I'd never even heard of that the sister might have done it. Hmm. And she wanted to, you know, and she seems to be latching on to that, uh, that, that, that's how she wants it to have happened. Um, you know, like in terms of, of our production, we're... Not can't really put a whole lot of that of that into it, but uh, you know we, we certainly may be throwing it into the lobby display uh, certainly. And we were also uh, I was talking with our ASM who's heading up the lobby display, and she's got this wonderful plan uh, set aside for like a you know a big um, like a, a big you know crime diagram you know that the police do with the string and right. all of that. Uh, have that like on a big board for folks to look at before they head into the theater and hopefully get uh, a little more immersed into the world. Yeah. You know, the way you described it now, I'm almost wanting to see a maybe farcical version with the multiple endings of, uh, like, the Clue movie, <laughs> yeah. when it's like, that's how it might have happened, or it might have been like this, and then being able to, to see that. I, I would part love that, um, but, you know, for all the ridiculousness that we kind of have, you know, and some of the jokes I'm cracking backstage, it is a serious show. Yes. There's not a lot of laughs. There might be one or two moments that there might be a little bit of laughter, I think, you know, to help break the tension, mm. and that's totally understandable, but it is, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a deliciously heart-wrenching uh, kind, of, kind of family drama. Yeah. Um, and we were kind of feasting on some of that earlier. It was, uh, it was just, um, I, it's just so well written, uh, and uh, and I think the actors are are well acting it as well. Yeah. Hopefully, I'm well directing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I think it is important to find the 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 small moments of light in the darkness. Those shows that are just dead serious, dark, messed up stuff, curtain up to curtain down. I find. Sometimes not that great to watch, like, not that enjoyable to watch, not that I, you know, I need a, a, a belly laugh somewhere mm. in there, but finding that dark humor. Yeah, um, or, at least, or at least, like, a moment, a moment of positivity yeah. amongst all the negativity. Right, you know, I mean, if you remember back with Macbeth, we played with that, uh... Did, did you hear that? Did I hear what moment with between Lady Macbeth and Macbeth? And you need the the humor of the porter just to... 
Oh, can, yeah. Yeah, lighten the mood a little bit in some of the other lines. Yeah, come out with a couple of sex jokes and, yeah. uh, you know, to, to, to lighten the mood before the murder. Yeah, just, just something to give you some variety. No mm. one likes one thing uh, the entire time. Um, so, uh, you know, we're a month and a half out, maybe a little bit less than that from, uh, opening what's, what's the next step? Where are we going from here and what's going to be the next, the next big challenge to overcome? Uh, big challenge. Well, is uh, is for folks to, to get the scripts out of their hands. Uh, that's really when kind of the most, the majority of the, the character development really happens, but you know, the opportunities we've had on zoom, uh, you know, and taking time to just go through scenes and it's like, okay, you know, let's let's stop here and chat about what, you know, this this character and, and what's going on here. That's proven to be very valuable and I'm very thankful we've got the time to do that. Mm. You know, again with like about five, six weeks to, to go. I mean that's in theater world, that's a lot of time and we've already been at this for almost a month and so I mean it's very luxurious amount of time and I thank I thank you for that yeah. for, for that schedule oh yeah definitely very important I mean you can never you never have enough time um, and I've found that although it does exist mm-hmm. rarely at the community level do we have an over rehearsed show yeah mm-hmm. um, I mean I have stopped directors that were like I want to rehearse for six months I'm like um, no, that's a bit much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, all, not, we have lives. <laughs> yeah, not 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 at this level. I, I don't think we're going to get that much better. But finding that balance, um, and what so far has been the thing that has maybe impressed you the most about the the cast you've been working with? If we can, you know, highlight something. Oh, uh, I have to shout out to to Cass and Heidi. Um, uh, absolutely, our our two Lizzies. Um, and like, hopefully, folks will will see what we mean. Like when we, we by having by having two Lizzies in there, but that's that's part of the show. Um, they're they're both just got a from my perspective, just nailing it uh, and taking on the challenge and really pushing themselves. Uh, you know, and you know, in, into into my harebrained you know vision and of it. And, and uh, yeah, I, I can't say enough about them. Awesome. I mean, everyone I think is doing fantastic, but I I really want I want the the two of them to be highlighted. Huh. Well, uh, hopefully they've uh, give this a listen and uh, appreciate the compliment. Uh, any final thoughts while we're you know where we're at with director interview uh, number two, or um, you know you want to leave them wanting more? Um, I, I think we should probably leave them wanting more. And uh, but you know I, I do want do want the, the the actors to get in here and a chance and and talk with you and talk with the audience about their own perspectives as, uh, about it. And uh, and yeah, hopefully. In, Hopefully, uh, get more butts in seats. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Brian. We actually have already started to sell tickets. Tickets are moving already, and Brilliant. we're uh, very far out. I don't. I don't know how often we sell tickets o- over six weeks in advance, which is great. Uh, Blood Relations opens March first, runs through March third. One weekend only. Do not wait. Uh, Arts Academy of New Hampshire in Salem. You can get your tickets at cztheater.com. Thanks, Brian. Thank you.